0: Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. It's your friend. It's your buddy. It's the guy next to you on the couch. It's Andrew Zimmel hosting this podcast on all things TCU. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And Now, you have a chance to win cool new things, including a koozie. That's right. If you send me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Zimmel proof, of subscription and reviewing of the show, we can get you in the drawing for a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Yeah, we're giving out free stuff now too, including free content. So let's break down today's podcast. Got a lot to talk about. We got horn Frogs leaving to the NFL and the Transfer Portal. We have TCU Basketball losing a weird one to the West Virginia Mountaineers. And we got to talk about the headline of all headlines As TCU looking for a new offensive coordinator, and I absolutely despise this hire. All right. Garrett Riley out. Kind of saw this one coming. I mentioned it on the uh, preview podcast a couple uh, weeks ago talking about this coaching staff and how Sonny Dykes had built one of the best coaching staffs in the country. Garrett Riley, little brother of USC head coach Lincoln Riley, thinking to myself, I said, you know what? Garrett, young coach, there's a lot of programs looking for younger coaches now. You know, we saw it in the NFL, it's trickled down to college football. A lot of athletic directors don't want the lifers anymore. They want to get a young guy who can relate to the players. Garrett Riley has proven to do that. Now, I thought to myself, even after one of the worst losses in bowl game history, a 65-7 to loss in the national championship to Georgia, I kind of thought that maybe a head coaching job would open up for the younger of the Riley brothers. I thought Garrett might get a shot at being a head coach somewhere. And he might have. He might have had those phone calls. But instead, he opted to stay an offensive coordinator. Now, TCU, losing the national championship, history shows us that teams that lose in championship games across sports, but especially in college football, tend to come back the next year with a vengeance. And even though even though TCU is having to retool and reload, I'm not saying rebuild, even though they're missing a lot of their offensive uh, firepower from this year, they're going to have to retool and reload to get back. I thought, you know what, if, re- if Garrett Riley wants to stay in OC, I'm happy that he's going to stay at TCU and coach and help Sunny Dykes recruit and help this team get back The Big 12 championship and potentially back to the national championship, at least make a playoff appearance, right? As the playoff expands, I think that the Big 12, the landscape right now on the football side of things, it's TCU's conference to lose. Kansas State hosting that fraudulent title, right? The Big 12 champions, but didn't make a playoff berth, lost in or uh, lost their bowl game. You would think to yourself, That, like, all right, you know, TCU has a chance to revenge not only a Big 12 championship loss, but revenge a national championship loss. All of these things run through my head, and then I see the headline that Garrett Riley has decided to become the offensive coordinator at Clemson. Clemson, of all places! It's a head-scratcher. Now, maybe he thinks that going to Clemson is going to help boost his way on the ladder. Maybe he thinks this is not a lateral move, but a move up. The uh, food chain of college football. And I think to the casual fan, it might look that way. You know, you're going from this Big 12, a conference that a lot of people are calling fledgling at this point. I still think it's one of the best conferences in college football, to the ACC, which is worse than the Big 12. Now, Clemson has an inside track to win the conference every year, not because they're some sort of powerhouse. I think those days are starting to slip away from them. Uh, No, it's because that conference stinks. Conference is awful. Every year we ask, is Miami back? Is Wake Forest going to do something? Is UNC going to do something? And they never do. Nothing ever changes in that conference. It's the Clemson Tigers' conference to lose, and Garrett Riley is just hoping that he's hooked his wagon to a winning horse. I would argue that that's not going to be the case, and that, in fact, the Clemson Tigers are going to be worse. They're going to finish with a worse record than... Than TCU this year. I know that's a bold take. We're doing it in January. We'll see how I feel in August. But okay, Riley leaves, so you got to fill the OC position. And there's a lot of good uh, options out there. And immediately I was thinking to myself, is this going to be a young coach coming from, say, a middle of the road program, right? Maybe we get a guy from the Pac 12, Washington, Oregon. Maybe we get a guy. From the ACC, a younger coach coming in to be an OC under Sonny Dykes, where you don't need to be some sort of play calling guru. You just need to be able to relate to the players and maybe, you know, insert some wisdom here, right? Give give the younger guys, the younger players on this roster, a guy that they can kind of relate to, right? A Garrett Riley type. Well, we got somebody young, uh, but I would argue it's the worst decision. Sunny Dykes. Is one of the best coaches in college football. I think that he is in the upper echelon. If we were going to do tiers, he's probably tier two underneath those guys that have won national championships. So the Nick Sabans of the world, the Ed Orgerons of the world, right? Like Sonny Dykes for sure is in that second tier next to the Jim Harbaughs, okay? Good coaches, just trying to get that next step up and bring a national championship to their program. To hire not one, not two, but three now former Baylor Bears with the alleged hiring of Kendall Bryles coming tomorrow on Thursday. This made my stomach churn. and I don't need to get into the allegations with the Baylor sexual assault allegations that happened. We're pushing almost a decade now. We don't need to get into revisiting history. We don't need to get into revisiting that Art Bryles, the head coach, the father of Kendall, was complicit in those sexual assault allegations, that he knew what was happening, when it was happening, and instead of electing to punish players or do any sort of uh, what a head coach should do, accountability, instead of doing any of that, he tried to cover it up, which led to the ousting of him and also athletic directors and uh, the Baylor president, Ken Starr. We don't need to get into all that history. We can focus on current day. Let's talk about what Kendall Bryles did last year when he was the OC at Arkansas. That ranked 35th nationally in scoring offense, averaging 32.5 points per game. They're the 48th scoring offense the year before, and 86th in 2020, where they averaged a 29.7 points per game and had a 19 and 17 record. Let me say that one more time for you guys in the back: a 19 and 17 record with Bryles calling plays, including a 7 and 6 mark in 2022 so we got a middle of the road offensive coordinator to join a rebuilding retooling tcu offense you can understand where i'm a little hesitant you understand how i'm a little concerned and kendall bryles does not get any and i stress this does not get any benefit of the doubt when you have these type of allegations when your dad had these type of allegations the bryles name carries baggage And that's what you don't need in an OC, right? We say this all the time about quarterbacks, that if the backup quarterback is carrying a little bit too much baggage, that is the easiest guy to cut on the team, the backup quarterback, because you can always find another guy that can hold a clipboard. Offensive coordinators in college football at this point in 2023 are a dime a dozen. There's like maybe five or six of them that are worth their salt, and the rest of them are just clones of another guy. All right? That's just the fact. That's just the fact of the matter. Kendall Bryles is coming in here with two games over 500. Now, I guarantee that, you know, some of you are going to be saying to me, "Well, the Razorbacks play in the SEC. How do you expect them to compete in the SEC West with dominant power forces like LSU and Alabama and Old Miss and Texas A&M? How in the world do you expect Arkansas to compete?" Well, look, the offense is ranking in the top 40. Not a great sign to me. And if TCU wants to retool and not rebuild, they're going to have to win some games next year. The Big 12 is very winnable, but Texas is going to be back. I'm not saying Texas is back. I'm saying Texas will be back being a competitive team. Quinn Ewers is going to be a good player, and we'll see who the or who the starting quarterback is for TCU come spring ball and come summer. A lot of question marks around this TCU team. A lot more than I'd like to admit. And if Kendall Bryles is the OC, as its all reports are pointing to, uh, it's going to be very hard for me to give the offense any sort of benefit of the doubt. All right, let's move on to TCU basketball. I had a weird loss last night. We were getting ready to record this podcast. And uh, they lost to the West Virginia Mountaineers, who are 11-7 and on the season. It's the first conference win of the year. For WVU and TCU, if you haven't been paying attention, they have come off to a very hot start, which again, not a shock, I don't think, in a lot of people's minds. 14-4 on the season, and now 3-3 three and three in conference play, is a little bit better than I think people thought that this team would be, 14th in the country, uh, even after uh, the loss on Wednesday night. In that loss, uh, Mike Miles Jr., 21 points, Emmanuel Miller had 13, both solid performances, by the Horn Frogs. The Big 12 continues to be the best conference in college basketball. The ACC got left in the 2000s. The Big 12 is now the conference that I think is going to have the most teams going into March Madness. It's going to be curious to see if TCU can get over the hump. Because they have a big game this weekend against number 2 Kansas. That's happening on Saturday. And uh, if they can win that game after winning against Kansas State, the other 5-1 and one team in conference then uh, I, I would feel very confident going forward with the Horned Frogs basketball program. But again, we're going to continue to keep an eye on that uh, as the season continues. And of course, next week we'll talk about that Kansas game. But a loss to West Virginia, not super concerning. Anytime that there's a midweek loss, I don't put a lot of stock into it just because of how you know conference schedules kind of work out. It's kind of easy to lose a midweek game versus a Saturday game that you get up for a little bit more. Kids are just now getting back to campus. That's another part of the equation, too. I will say that WVU, for the longest time, uh, had a solid basketball program. This being their first conference win does make me a little hesitant. 11-7 and 7 on the season for the Mountaineers. All right, moving on. Horn Frogs leaving. A couple of uh, TCU players officially leaving. We'll talk about the guys going to the NFL first because two of them make sense. One of them was a head-scratcher to me. We'll start here. So Darius Davis, he announced on Sunday that he was going to uh, move on to the NFL, going to announce that he threw his hat in the ring to try to get to the National Football League. His career uh, with the Horned Frogs finished with 42 catches for 538 yards and 5 TDs while adding 3 rushes for 30 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He was all Big 12 first team and was a Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year. Davis recorded 112 catches for 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns in his five seasons with uh, TCU. So Davis, he's going to try to move on to the NFL. This one, Davis made sense to me to put his name in the hat after five years at TCU. Uh, you know, If you want to play at the next level, that's how you do it. I don't think that he will be a uh, a draft pick. I think that he's probably going to go undrafted. We will see how that rolls out for him. Condry, or Kendry Miller was the other one Then announced. He announced on Monday that he was going to go to the NFL, and this is a top, I'm not going to say 32 pick, but for sure top 64 pick. He'll go in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. He announced on Monday, all Big 12 first-team honoree. He rushed for just a a yard shy of 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns at 6.2 yards per carry, one of the best in the country. He was efficient and effective in his three-year career, totaling 2,400 yards on 361 attempts, 26 touchdowns. He also had 29 receptions for 229 yards and one touchdown in his career. But you remember, he did not play in the national championship, suffered from a knee injury. So he was out for the national championship. And a lot of people, myself included, thought if he did suit up for TCU, it might have made a difference In the outcome of that 65-7 loss to the Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia was able to kind of pin their ears back and really shut down the passing game. If Conrad Miller decided to play or could have played, I imagine, I imagine, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here, that if he did have the ability to play, he would have played. He didn't have the ability, didn't play, and the results speak for themselves. So he decided to opt out, go to the NFL draft. That happened on Monday, and mere moments after that, his backup, He was leaving too, and that's Emery uh, DiMicardo, who announced on Monday after spending five seasons with TCU and beginning his collegiate career at Saddleback College, where he ran for 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns as a freshman in 2017, he concluded his five-year stint with TCU with 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns, while adding 40 catches, 277 yards, and a touchdown as well. It kind of surprised me. That he was announcing for the NFL draft, I understand that essentially everybody who is graduating college would go and say, put their name in the hat to go to the NFL. It kind of surprised me because with the XFL and USFL opening back up, maybe this is where the, we're we're headed with this whole thing that players will announce for the NFL draft. They'll go to the combine. They'll do all the workouts. They'll do the pro day. Maybe they get drafted. Maybe they don't. And then they go on to these other spring leagues, summer leagues. Maybe that's the way that things is going. Because I do not see this young man playing on Sundays. We will see uh, how that all shakes out. The other thing, though, that caught my attention: this now means that both of the running backs for TCU, who played big carries, had big moments for the Horn Frogs in their uh, season that ended with them in the national championship. Two of them now, both. Whole essentially the whole running back room, um, not playing next year, which goes back to the beginning of this podcast where we talked about Kendall Briles and we talked about the TCU Horn Frogs and we talked about reloading and revamping and what we can expect. Without these two players, along with Max Duggan, along with uh, uh, Quandra Johnson, like there's just so many players on the offensive side of the ball that are leaving it does make you nervous for what to expect uh, next season in 2023-24. Six horn Frogs have announced that they're going to the NFL or that they're putting their name in the hat to play on Sundays. We will see how that uh, all shakes out. I want to thank you guys again for listening to the uh, Hypnotoad podcast. We're going to make these podcasts a little bit longer as uh, time goes on, but this podcast, I wanted to get it out there and uh, kind of talk about Kendall Bryles and talk about this TCU offensive coordinator situation and kind of get our our fingerprints on this a little bit because guys like you know I'm always going to root for the Horn Frogs I'm always going to give you uh, my honest opinion though too and the honest opinion is is that if this actually falls the way that we think it's going to fall again this has been reported by multiple outlets I don't know if it's official official yet or if that's going to happen Thursday if we officially make the announcement but man Kendall Bryles this is the best we can do like I'm just not in love with the hire at all. I'm not in love with the, the baggage. I, there's just a lot of parts of this hire that make me very anxious, very nervous for the, the media backlash, but also just to what, what we can expect. Because as, as a Horn Frog fan, I, I, I just expect better. I thought Sonny Dykes would have a better uh, decision-making process than hiring uh, Art Briles' kid. That's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hypnotoad podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review us as well. And show us proof of the rate and review for a chance to win a Harlan College Sports koozie. Send proof to at Andrew underscore Zimmel on Twitter. And we will get you into the drawing. And we will get you your rewards for helping us podcast is doing great and you guys are big and not a big the reason for that so thank you guys i'll talk to you guys next week